Is a popular popular podcast. Do not be afraid. Welcome to Popular History, a library of Catholic knowledge and insights brought to you daily. My name is Greg, and today we're continuing our Among the Gentiles series where we see how Christianity and Judaism became distinct, and now how Christianity spread among the Gentiles after the whole saga of Peter and Cornelius. Or is there something else going on here? Listen carefully as we continue the narrative of Acts, right from where we left off last episode, with the Cornelius stuff. Quote, Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed, and turned to the Lord. End quote. Huh. Like I mentioned, this passage comes right after the Cornelius narrative we've been going through, but did you notice that opening detail? This isn't presented as happening in response to Peter and Cornelius. Rather, the folks bringing both Gentile and Jew to Christ in Antioch arrived there because they were scattered by, quote, the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, end quote. Stephen's martyrdom was, by all accounts, several years before Cornelius entered the church, which definitely got me wondering whether, though these events are presented later in the text, that may have happened earlier. After all, arguably, even the text suggests that, by using the stoning of Stephen as the driving force that led to Gentile converts in Antioch, rather than them getting news of Cornelius and taking that as a green light, as one might assume when skimming along. Did these men from Cyprus and Cyrene beat Peter to the punch? Maybe. Maybe not. It's not the sort of thing we're likely to resolve with confidence. I'm tempted to think they did. Fundamentally, I like Peter. I feel like I should state that before I also state that I can totally see he, or at least his hype man Luke, shifting things to subtly give Peter credit without outright lying. After all, unless I miss something, the text doesn't explicitly state that Cornelius was the first Gentile convert. It just makes it clear that it was a very controversial thing for Peter to have done, and it happens to place Cornelius before the Gentile converts of Antioch, while simultaneously tying those converts to an event that occurred years earlier. Another wrinkle in all this is that Luke, the author of Acts, and, yes, also the author of the Gospel of Luke, seems to have himself been a Gentile from Antioch, or at least a Hellenized Jew from there. Was he among these earliest Christian Gentiles? A lot of this is tied up in questions of how the Gospel of Luke and Acts came to be. When and for what purpose were they written? There are three basic answers to that question. And as a believer myself, I tend to favor the earlier options for questions of when things are written, because tradition shouldn't count for nothing. But modern scholars do like to push things back, and at times, they do make a compelling case. Any way you go about it, Acts seems to have been written with a Gentile audience in mind. For the earliest dates, putting things a few decades after Christ, the general theory is that it was written to show 
interested Gentiles, quite possibly the Roman authorities themselves, how Christianity is their real successor to the Judaism they already know and love. Or at least, you know, know and tolerate. Of course, those of you reading ahead historically know that the case for Luke seeking to get the Romans to see Christians as the real Jews so they could latch on to the benefits of being Jewish in the empire really requires a composition before the Jewish revolt of the late 60s and the subsequent destruction of the temple in 70 AD. The middle path tends to put Acts as being composed in the late 1st century, after the destruction of the temple, but not exceptionally far removed from events. This would make it difficult to see Luke as an actual contemporary source, which makes it unpopular among Christians, or at least among the more traditional Christian pastors. But it does seem to make the modern scholars happier because they can't seem to wrap their heads around the destruction of the temple being an event that was accurately predicted. More on that when we get there in the timeline. For now, I'm arguably most interested in the later dating argued by some scholars. The later dating theory centers around one of the first heretics in Christian history, a guy so early Gary Stevens covers him in his History in the Bible podcast. And sure, he's early as far as heretics go, but presenting Luke and Acts as a response to Marcion does give them a late date indeed, considering Marcion was excommunicated by Pope Pius I in 144. I mean, we've got three cardinals we'll be covering before we get to that point chronologically. At least, three sort of cardinals. It's complicated. Anyways, Marcion's whole deal was basically calling the Jewish god evil and scrapping the whole Old Testament. A lot of Marcion's emphasis was on presenting Paul as the principal apostle, which is where the emphasis on Peter in Acts comes into play. And here's where I circle back to the point. Paul, already famous in the earliest days as apostle to the Gentiles, is upstaged in Acts by assigning the conversion of a Gentile to Peter. Luke, the argument goes, did this to emphasize the importance of the more Jew-friendly leaders of early Christianity. We'll definitely be looking more at Jew versus Gentile tensions in early Christianity when we get to the Council of Jerusalem soon. But first, we've got another martyr to cover. See you in our next narrative episode as we talk about James, the apostolic proto-martyr. Thank you for listening. God bless you all.